Hello, and welcome to episode 51 of Stories of Strangeness. I'm Zoe, and this is Mike. Hello there. And it is a Mike episode today, so... Indeedly doodly. Off you go, then. Cool. Operation Paperclip. I've heard of this. Hey! That's all I remember. Good. (laughs) So this will all be new to you. Okay. In 1945, the largest conflict the world had ever seen was brought to a close. The Allies had won, freeing the world from a future of Nazi rule. The thing was, those pesky Nazis had come up with some pretty interesting tech in their efforts to spread Nazi ideals across the globe. So... What is a democratic, freedom and peace-loving state to do about the scientists, many of whom could be classed as war criminals that helped create these wondrous technologies? Why not adopt them? After World War II, the Cold War between the US and the Soviet Union, and to a lesser extent Britain, began. The US absolutely could not afford to fall behind in either the arms or space race that ensued. The first Nazi recruitment program, called Operation Overcast, was set up by the US Joint Chiefs of Staff on July 20th, 1945, with the aim of shortening the Japanese war and to aid in post-war military research. The Soviet Union had its own version, called Operation Osovyachim, that relocated more than 2,200 German specialists and their families, for a total of over 6,000 people, on a single night on October the 22nd, 1946. Wow. Yeah. Partly in response, the Joint Intelligence Objectives Agency sent out special agents of the US Army's Counterintelligence Corps to recover and bring German scientists into the fold. So, in February 1945, the Supreme Headquarters Allied Expeditionary Force set up T-Force, the Special Sections Subdivision. By June, T-Force had grown to 2,000 personnel and went to examine 5,000 German targets, putting priorities on those connected with synthetic rubber and oil catalysts, new designs for armoured equipment, rocket weapons including V-2 designers, jet and rocket propelled aircraft, naval equipment, field radios, secret writing chemicals, aeromedicine research, gliders and scientific and industrial personalities. Discovery of large numbers of such German personnel caused the SSS to set up the Enemy Personnel Exploitation Section let's just say what it is right out there Yeah, great name (laughs) to manage and interrogate them often for months at a time. A detention centre known as Dustbin, all caps you really can't make this stuff up (laughs) was established in Paris and then later set in Kranzberg Castle, outside Frankfurt. Overcast was renamed Operation Paperclip, due to the paperclips that were attached to the dossiers of the most troublesome cases. Initially, President Truman was reluctant to sign off on the order, but later stated he had been supportive of the initiative from the beginning. He expressly forbade war criminals and those directly tied to the upper echelons of the Nazi party to be recruited, However, the people doing the recruiting often glossed over those details when it went up the chain. In a classified memo titled Exploitation of German Scientists in Science and Technology in the United States, 
again, let's just put it right out there. <laughs> right out there. Is the this joint... my dissertation? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. The Joint Chiefs described the men as chosen, rare minds whose continuing intellectual productivity we wish to use. No shit, Sherlock. In fact, more than 1,600 Germans were secretly recruited to develop arms, quote, at a feverish and paranoid pace that came to define the Cold War, end quote. Some of these men had been Nazi party members, but they were effectively pardoned, their backgrounds hidden from colleagues, provided their squishy brain meats continued that work for Uncle Sam. Indeed, one of the best-known German scientists was Werner von Braun, who was instrumental in the design and creation of the V2 rocket that devastated London and Antwerp during the war. Von Braun went to work for NASA and ultimately helped put humans on the moon. However, von Braun is also anecdotally supposed to have travelled to Buchenwald and hand-picked concentration camp victims to work on his rockets as slaves. The programme became public knowledge as early as December 1946, as the New York Times, Newsweek and other media outlets exposed Paperclip, leading to condemnation from Albert Einstein, Eleanor Roosevelt and Rabbi Stephen Wise. And if you're going to listen to somebody, it's a guy with the surname Wise. Much later, Annie Jacobson, I think it's Jacobson or Jacobson, I'm not sure which, wrote the book on Operation Paperclip, literally in 2014, called Operation Paperclip, the secret intelligence program that brought Nazi scientists to America. The book was listed as one of the best books of 2014 by the Boston Globe and was called, quote, perhaps the most comprehensive, up-to-date narrative available to the general public, end quote, by Jay Watkins of the CIA's Center for the Study of Intelligence. Pretty good accolade. Mm, Leading space historian Michael J. Neufeld was not so enamoured though, saying that Jacobson concentrates on the scandals, which inevitably leads to an imbalance in presentation. Little is said about the substantive contributions of von Braun. Maybe Ms. Jacobson was rightly outraged at the programme, or perhaps she just knows what will sell books. Ms. Jacobson has also penned books on Area 51, DARPA, the secret military research agency that spawned the internet, the US's research into psychic phenomena involving our old friends Russell Targ and Hal Puthoff from way back in episode 5, and the secret history of paramilitary armies, operators and assassins. She sounds like our kind of girl, to be honest, and yeah. I'm going to wishlist some of her books on Amazon <laughs> after I'm done here. Jakobsen tracked 21 Nazis, of which 8 had worked directly with Hitler, Himmler or Goering, 15 were active party members, 10 had served in paramilitary squads like the SS, and 6 were tried at Nuremberg. I mean, that's a, like an interesting CV to look at, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah. Jakobsen also tells the stories of the American and British officials who searched for the Nazi scientists and their research. One find was the Orenburg list of thousands of German scientists and facilities retrieved from a toilet at Bonn University. This is a really big story. So they basically found a load of papers shoved into a toilet in Bonn University and it literally listed German scientists and the facilities they worked at and wow. what they were working on. Yeah. It's protection. <laughs> yeah, not so much back those days. Other finds that came to light as part of this search included a huge cache, cache of Tabun, or Tabun, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, 
a sarin-like chemical. Sarin was the chemical they used in the Tokyo gassings. Yep. If you remember those. 530 tonnes of tarbun were shipped to various locations in the US. 175 forested bunkers containing aerial bombs that had a powerful nerve agent that testing showed one drop of which would kill a rabbit in minutes. Poor bunnies. The US government even tested Tabun on its own soldiers. Dr. L. Wilson Green exposed US soldiers to low levels, quote, of Tabun in a gassing chamber. Dr. Green was said to be pleased with the effects, which rendered soldiers partially disabled for between one to three weeks, although they eventually recovered. It's even possible that Dr. Green's colleague, the German chemist Fritz Hoffmann, may have contributed research that helped create Agent Orange, used in the Vietnam conflict. Some Americans were so obsessed with finding agents and weapons that they became blinkered to potential dangers. General Charles E. Lukes, Lukes, L-O-U-C-K-S, Lukes, not sure how I pronounce it, Chief of Intelligence for Chemical Warfare, was taken in by the SS Brigadier General Walter Scheiber. Scheiber? Scheiber. You're asking the wrong person here. Yeah, I don't know. Who worked as a chemist for the US Army's Chemical Corps and then for the CIA before it was discovered that Scheiber was a Soviet mole and international arms dealer. Excellent. Good job. In the end, it was not always clear who was exploiting whom. Public opinion of the programme has always been damning and Jakobsen's book details how Nazi scientists were paid large sums by the US, Soviet, French and British governments to develop biological and chemical weapons, the cleanup of which took decades and reportedly around $30 billion. So, do the ends justify the means? Landing on the moon in 69 was a huge landmark for humanity and arguably might not have happened if not for von Braun and his team of ex-Nazis. But does that justify the creation and analysis of chemical and biological weapons and the continuation of live human testing that continued long into the Cold War. What do you think? Um, yeah. Yeah. That is the correct response. I'm not sure what I think. Yeah. This, this, by I... the way, isn't conspiracy theory. This is a conspiracy fact. This is proven. This yeah. happened. So, first of all, it just goes to show mm. it don't f- fucking matter. Yeah. Like, wars are fought, but then, hey, you're a really bad person, but... I can. I'm going to just yeah. Basically, use you. Yeah. We've we've already said. They've already said. Literally. Quite, literally. The exploitation in, of German yeah, scientists. Exactly. Because blah, blah, blah. if someone yeah. says to you, "Hey, do you want to die or do you want to work for me?" You know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like it's, cake or death. It's yeah. what they call Hobson's choice, isn't exactly. it? Where you really don't have it's, much of a choice. It's easy, yeah. isn't it? It's, there's no choice there. Exactly. Um, I mean, I scribbled down quite quickly. Adopt a Nazi. Yes. That's basically what it was. That yeah, everyone was like, exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh my goodness, look at all of these clever people. Yeah. Um, let's just gather them in and try and collect as many as possible and use them. And and let them and let them live, even though they're horrible, horrible, terrible, terrible people. And I don't think that really anything that came from them was good. Well, because landing on the moon. Well, no, but the thing is, how, what really? What good has that space done rockets us? and what, well, what good has that? What what good has that done me or you? Well, okay, so then you could say, argue rockets that sent satellites into space. We okay. use satellites all the time, but. I'm Actually, also during the production of this podcast, very much of the opinion that sooner or later we will get there. Yes, you know? maybe. Yes, well, that's the maybe, argument, is it? Would we have was, got there without them? Would it, it? 
you know, man's looked up at the moon for as long as the moon's been in the sky. Yeah. Probably not knowing what it is initially, but mm. then we found out what it was. Yeah. And we want to go there and we want to go further and we want to go further. Someone would You'd have come love along. the moon, by the way. I recently read a thing that said that some of the, I think it's caves in the craters on the moon yeah. are a constant 17 degrees <gasps> and they're some of the most... Oh. Some of the most stable temperatures in the whole solar system. That's amazing. Or on the moon. 17 degrees. That You'd love my, it. That is my perfect temperature. That's your holiday destination for next year, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. Next year, moon. On my own. Yeah. If I can take some kind of space manatee with me, I'll be laughing. Excellent. Yeah. Space yeah. manatee in a book. Yeah. That's it. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like we were driven enough that we would have done it somehow ourselves we didn't yeah. need these horrible bastards to help us well it's 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 an impossible question isn't it it's like if that was given to you as a thing you might rule one way but people did it's, what it's they like a schrodinger's was, cat in it you don't yeah. know but yeah i just of, yeah. i just feel like they shouldn't have been given that chance yeah the fact that these people they they literally between them like that whole cv thing you're listing all those things it's just disgusting. Why do they... Why? Yeah. Because they would have then, even though it says they were taken advantage of or whatever the hell, they would, well, have, there, they would have lived to say a life of basic of luxury because they would have been kept away somewhere. Yeah. They would have been looked after. I doubt they were worried about where their next meal came exactly. from. That exactly. That kind of thing. Yeah. And they'll go, oh yeah, but they were virtually in prison. Like, I mean, some okay. of them weren't tucked away at all. Like I say, Werner von Braun was yeah. sat there at NASA. Exactly. So, and then the other guy doing that. Oh, yeah. And it turns out that he's like he was you know, a Soviet mole. Yeah. There you go. So. Well, the the, the thing was, and I they think, were surprised. I think the Soviets actually did kind of hoover up quite a lot of German scientists, which is what sparked this response from America, mm-hmm. because they went, oh they shit, went, okay, you know what? They've got a bigger stick now. Quick. Yeah, but but in a lot of ways, the Soviet Union was a technocratic state. It was run by engineers and scientists mm-hmm. more than it was run by even politicians to some extent. That was kind of the ruling class. Yeah, so I had heard of Operation Paperclip. And yep. I'm, yeah, so I'm sure you have mentioned it in, have, in either yeah. like MK Ultra or maybe even the Philadelphia Experiment. Because Probably one of those, those I'm sure. They're all around that sort of yeah, era. Yeah, Philadelphia um, Experiment sounds likely, actually. But also, because you said they were doing all kinds of the different tests on people. Yeah. Well, MK Ultra was. MK was Ultra was yeah. All tests on people, wasn't yeah, it? Really? Absolutely. Yeah, testing on people. Yeah. Did they have any choice in this? I suppose if they're in their army, they've signed their life away, haven't they? Pretty much, yeah. Like, yeah, come on, come on, we'll just make you disabled they, for I, a couple I of doubt, weeks. I doubt they were told like yeah. the extent of what would happen to them or anything like that. Because they wouldn't have known if it would be permanent or not. No. Well, no, because that's what the testing was for, right? Exactly. Let's find out what it does and if it's permanent. It, insane that they, they were quite willing to just sacrifice it just goes human to show beings. though that literally governments don't give a shit about people nope absolutely not they're just out no, for no, no, what no. they can get more than the other guys yep they are largely self-serving and corrupt doesn't matter where you go in the world anymore i was gonna say literally they're all corrupt. everywhere is it's like just that a now. question of whether they hide it or not that's all mm-hmm. and some hide it better than others you know and then the other thing is of course is it depends on whose media you're reading. I mean, there yeah. was a big thing in the papers recently about the fact that the, the I can't remember her name now, but some lady has come forward who used to be a reporter for the BBC and said the BBC is largely steered by somebody in in the Tory Party. There is a Tory Party member who basically says what they report on and what they don't. Wow. And I was like, 
doesn't surprise you though. Watch really. my face not be shocked. Yeah. Because media yeah, is like absolutely. that, isn't it? It's I mean, I remember controlled. doing like when I back when I did my A levels, I did communication studies, and one of the first things we were taught is whatever you're reading has a bias. Same with that might have been sociology actually. I did sociology and I did communication studies, and they work quite well together. And the first thing they really taught me was question everything you read, because the person that's putting that down on paper, even though it's in a newspaper, it doesn't necessarily make it a hundred percent factual. It depends on what language they use, how they use it, and things like that. So it was like when the miners, we, we looked at the miners strikes back in the 80s. Yeah. And the miners were always described as, you know, all these horrid miners that are striking and stopping us getting stopping our us coal from, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And they're going against this wonderful Tory government that does this and does that for them and does the other. And they're just greedy and blah, blah, blah. It's serving the interests of the elite, basically. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. basic, it's it's the same now with the rail strikes and the postal strikes that are going on yeah. in the UK. People are struggling to make ends meet and not only that like the, the i read a thing by a postal worker that was saying they're basically being asked to go from carrying about two bags of mail a day to six to eight bags wow. of mail a day and the large majority of it is junk it's shit that no one wants it's it's leaflets and advertisements and crap and that's why they're getting so many more bags is because there's so much more advertising surely they, the, the post office i know like the royal mail they would save money because if they got rid of all of that shit, because they wouldn't, it wouldn't take them so long to do the rounds. Who do you think's paying for it, though? I know. The people advertising are paying to have it delivered. I know. So they're earning money out of it. But I just... I know. It's, like, it's I'm sorry, but just like, sickening. We pay it... Like, the, the cost of a stamp has gone ridiculous. Yeah. Because it now takes them so long to do their rounds because there's so much other shit in there. Yeah. It just it just goes round yeah, the, and round. Basically, and round. The, the the report that this this guy from the postal workers, I think he was from the postal workers union, he's saying like we're we're not just striking to be awkward. Yeah. We're not just striking just because we'd like more money. We would like more money because the cost of living, as everybody knows, has skyrocketed. Has, oh my gosh, yeah. But like he's saying that you know we're being asked to do all this other stuff. We're asked to being delivered, being asked to deliver these six to eight bags without a break without being able to stop for water yeah and they're walking and then having to go back and, and get more bags weather, and come out again yeah whatever the weather no i'm it's just ridiculous the stuff that people have been asked to do no, it's just, and it's the same with the rail strikes it's not just about money it's about the other stuff they're being asked to it, do you know? they're being asked to do more for effectively less wages because the wage increases they've been getting are well below inflation and they're just not coping anymore and this is going on all over the country. Everything is a breaking point at the minute. Yeah, and I don't know what it's going like to take this winter. And, are gonna, and during all this, our government's just on holiday, pretty much. Yeah, off on holiday. Because Boris Boris Johnson went off on holiday again, 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 again and got and got heckled, which I love. Good. Somebody told him to get back to work. The fat bastard <laughs> shouted I mean, at him on got the a beach. Point. Yeah, but he's not. Doesn't seem to be doing much of anything. Well, he, he said he's going to leave, but he hasn't left. Him. We're still waiting for the other two to fight it out. Uh, and they're both as awful as each other. I mean, okay, we're opining now, but that party is absolute dreck. Sorry, they have not done anything to help anybody's lives. And if you voted for them, I cannot see eye to eye with you at all. No, sorry. <sighs> Anywho, I mean, it again made me think of the, the, the media onslaught against jeremy corbyn jeremy corbyn was the leader of the labor party in the uk 
and he had ideas to renationalize some of the energy yeah. companies to renationalize the rail and things like that because at the minute every time we get on a train in this country we're paying french or germans companies yeah profits and it actually goes to making their national railways cheaper amazing and That's there's literally great. adverts with french and german people in them going thank you you've made our, our our rail cheaper and all this sort of thing and it's yeah. it's a pastiche but it's also true you know yeah. it's just incredible and yeah nothing good has come from the tories i'm sorry if if you want to debate me about it that's fine but no absolutely nothing so there we go but yeah when jeremy corbyn was labor leader the press they absolutely they hounded him vilified him all the time. Vilified him. If he went to, he, what was it? He went to the Remembrance Sunday. He did, things, yep. And they lambasted him for that, and they basically said, "Oh, he didn't didn't put his head down for long enough, or he didn't do this, there or was he, always something. he didn't he sing didn't loud sing. enough when they, yeah." Boris Johnson didn't even turn up for it, or it might not even they, have been Boris the, at the oh time. No, but whoever they the had to cut the Tory video leaders. with Boris, didn't they? And they showed him like doing something, then doing something else, and then someone pointed out he's wearing different clothes. Yeah, and it's like. He didn't even turn up, but the papers didn't say anything about that. So it's all about how it's presented. And basically, people going into journalism, I think, by and large, want to report the truth. But, but what happens they there, is they get, they, realize, they get told, you do it this way, or well, you, you leave the career. Yeah. It's simple as that. And not only that, if you go into journalism school, you're already being taught how to write a story a particular way. And it, who do you think is is setting the curriculum? It's, you know, yeah. The old the old stories about the 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 kind of American school system and and people saying like the American school system does not seem to teach any kind of critical thinking or critical theory or anything like this because that means you learn to criticize exactly. And you know, people go well. You know, it's it's not really preparing people for real life, and it's the same of, of UK schools. You know, UK schools don't teach you how to apply for a mortgage, they don't teach you how to save money, they don't teach you how to invest, they don't teach you anything that would make you better off in the long run, really. Ah, uh, but we do know what a fronted adverbial is. Wow. Or yeah. Do I? I'm not sure I can remember now. I'm I'm really happy about that because I've used that so many times. But yeah, basically, the, the, the idea is that people say the school system is broken. But the prob- the thing is, if the government didn't want it that way, they would change it. Exactly. This is by design. You know, and you can call me a conspiracy theorist or whatever, but that is literally what's happening. We are changing the minds of our young folk. But there's the old adage of, you know, give me the boy until seven years old and I'll give you the man. And that's what's happening. We are we are training people to behave in a particular way so that they don't get above their station. It's just the way it is. I mean, soon we won't be able to afford to anyway because, no. you know, you won't be able to afford to go to uni anymore unless you come from a very rich family. No, I mean, um, the energy price c- caps in this country have just gone up to £3,500 a year. Yeah. And apparently that's about an 80% rise. Yeah. And they could go up more. Yeah. There's Which talk is a weird of four thousand five hundred by the end of next to year. Keep rising. Yeah. Because I thought the whole What's point, the of, a point of a cap. Yeah. Is for it to be. Well, I guess a- the point is you shouldn't spend more than four thousand five hundred pounds on your energy bill by the Holy end of next year. Shit. Also, out just come out in the news today is that quite a lot of politicians get their energy bills paid for because they claim it on expenses. There was one MP who apparently claims up to six thousand pounds to heat. His second home. 
This is the thing. That should not be allowed. No. Why the fuck should we be paying for that? Absolutely. They're already paid extortionate amounts of money. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I don't really think people should have, you know, we, we have a housing crisis. Yeah. Pretty much around the world, not just in this country. You know, there are a lot of homeless people and there are a lot of elites who have two, three, four, five houses. And it's like, I, you know, I don't begrudge anyone a little holiday home or something like that. But if you're owning like four or five different properties around the same country, you can only stay in one at once. Yeah. Those could be actually used by people if the housing market allowed people to still buy houses. But it's just, it's beyond a joke now. Anyway, rant over. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a subject though, isn't it, love? It just gets me so wound up. But yeah. But it just goes to show though that it's been happening for years. Yeah. Like this kind of taking, I don't know, not taking for granted. That's kind of the wrong, just, it's... Yeah. Yeah, start from again. What have I got to say about it? What do I think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are theories out there that Hitler didn't die in the bunker. He fled to Argentina. Yep, I've heard. Uh, there are other. There were. There were. There were definitely other Nazis that did flee. 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 to Argentina. That's absolutely been proven. So it's it's entirely a possibility because, you know, th- there's no way you could carry on as Adolf Hitler after the Second World War. All he had you, to do though was shave his tash off, and no one would have exactly. fucking recognised him. Yeah. And we, you know, and we say that and people go, oh, we totally would have recognised him. Absolutely not. I'm sorry, the, but the when story you about, shaved your beard off, yeah. like I would wake up in the middle of the night and literally jump out of bed because I thought there was a stranger in bed with me. <laughs> but there was all the things about all the celebrities who entered lookalike contests as the characters yeah. they played or, or as themselves. Well, Dolly and Parton, the, didn't she yeah. get like second place yeah. Yeah. in a and, Dolly Parton lookalike thing? And Robert thing. Downey and Jr. lost Adele to Tony well. Stark lookalike contest. Yeah. So, Came about second or third or something like that. And then there was the thing about Christopher Reeve when he played yeah. Superman. If he went into the diner in his Superman suit, he got mobbed. Yeah. If he went in dressed as Clark Kent, no nobody recognised him, him <laughs> which is just hilarious how that yeah. works. But yeah, yeah, really funny about that kind of thing, how that works. Yeah, I've lost my train of thought. So I've, I can't stop thinking. It's, like <laughs> it's going round and round and round. Because I'm sure there's been so many, like, I can just remember little snippets of little bits that have popped up here and there going, oh, this person was proven to be a Nazi sympathiser. It turns out this person who was actually was a school teacher turned out they were an ex-Nazi. Mm. And it's like all these kind of things where you just go, holy shit, they're still everywhere. Yeah. There was a, there was a story recently in the news about a pensioner in the UK. I can't remember where. I think it was Brighton. But he put up a Nazi flag with a swastika in his garden. What? Yeah. And it was when they came to ask him about it, he said something along the lines of it got posted through my letterbox one day and either his grandson or his grandnephew or something like that said, oh, yeah, they're really interested in in history. So I thought I'd put it up so that they could see what it was like. And then I thought, oh, no, maybe it's illegal to fly a Nazi flag in the UK. And when I looked it up, it wasn't. So I put it up. And then apparently the local police department got flooded with complaints about this guy. I mean, putting my, the in look that, on my face. Like, yeah, literally, is like just, a whole swastika what flag, everything. The fuck? And he put it up in his garden. I mean, he, not be funny. He either sounds like he's canny enough to act like he was befuddled, or he's genuinely befuddled, 
and or he's a dick. didn't think what the consequences are. Or he's a Nazi sympathizer, yeah. I think there was some something about him maybe throwing a Nazi salute as well, which was oh, just God. insane. But there we go. Yeah. That's um But there we go. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's it's crazy to think that, you know, literally your president goes, Hey, but nobody that was really close to Hitler or anything, okay? And they go, Sure, yeah, sure, no problem. Yeah. And they go, Excuse then, me, did you know Hitler? No. Yes, no, yes, no, I did. No. Okay, what? I'm gonna put you down as a no. Lost in because well, um so no and yes. Yeah. What have you got? Yeah, but I think it must have been lost in translation. I'm sure you didn't actually know him. I mean, maybe you you stood in the same hall as him once. Yeah. Did he shake your hand maybe once as he walked by? Yeah. Oh, no, I used to see him every... What? No, you didn't see him every weekend, surely. No, what? Yeah. You know, I mean, not every person that was in the Nazi party was probably in favour of everything they did. Some people were there because they were scared that if they weren't, they'd kind of get singled out and taken away or whatever well, this is but it because the, the higher up does that make it any better echelons like there was a, i think there was, there was a lot of pressure yeah. to join and and it was like you know there's a lot safety of pressure in to numbers inform on your neighbors exactly. if your neighbors did anything and it was like getting there first before someone else reports you exactly yeah but still like the the, the people at the top no yeah yeah it's 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 insane to think that a lot of the technology that we kind of even rely on today is it's kind of born out of that in, yeah. in, in a lot of ways although wi-fi is not one of them because wi-fi was in in part invented by hedy lamar the actress oh i think i remember you telling me about yeah. that i've probably mentioned it on here before yeah. but i'm going to tell you again because it's an interesting fact and it's nice maybe to not lose sight of the good things and good people that have invented technology yes and and, and who you might not expect you know yeah. An actress of the kind of bygone era who suddenly turned around and went, I think I can make radio waves work for internet. And <laughs> everybody went, what, what, what's what, internet? What's that? <laughs> yeah. I'll show you. Yeah. Diddly diddly. Diddly diddly. Tap, tap, tap. But yeah, it's it's jaw dropping that this this is sits within the realm of fact. This is yeah. this happened. We have records. Super serious you know. conversation, love. Yeah. It's not really, I don't like making jokes about serious I know. subjects. So I know. it's been it's quite weird. a sombre yeah chat slash episode <laughs> yeah i'm but, sorry about that everyone no, we'll, we'll, we'll try and do but, something funnier next time <laughs> but you can't no you can't forget about these things no no it's it's um, good to remember yeah, although definitely. thankfully i feel like you know most of them are gonna be dead now yeah because it was a long time ago and if they are still alive i hope they're in a lot of pain yeah you can only hope can't you yeah well there we are so yeah anyway Operation Page if you clip. enjoyed that then there's probably something wrong with you um if you found it informative if you found that's it great interesting and fascinating then that's fine that's kind of how it's supposed to be yeah yes but uh, yeah i will probably try and get hold of a copy of that that book by, yeah. i've already forgotten her name is jacobson there we go. Jacobson. yeah annie i think it was annie jacobson but oh. she, yeah it sounds like she's written something of a library of stuff that would interest like me, us, you, and me probably something. a lot of our listeners. So it might be worth having a look. Well, there'll be links and her name written in the yep. like, show notes. Yeah. Links, whatever yep. the hell you do. I yep. can't remember, love. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Cool. So come find us on random social media. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Facebook.com slash stories of strangeness. Instagram.com slash stories of strangeness. At so strange pod on Twitter, but we never tweet anymore, so don't bother. Absolutely not. I mean, if you if you tweet at me, I'll definitely reply. But yeah, you we can don't even use it if, a lot. you can email us. Yeah, stories of strangeness at gmail.com. 
And if you feel sorry for us and you want to buy us a coffee, yep. we've got a coffee account, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Coffee, coffee, whatever. coffee, whatever. It's supposed to be coffee, I think. And if you are desperate to hear more of our dulcet tones, we Absolutely. have a Patreon account. Yep. And for £3 a month, you can get loads of extra content. Wow, you remembered. Yeah, I know, right? First we've... time in 51 episodes. <laughs> we have got, or we are just about to record, our 35th minisode. Yep. We've got outtakes, a whole lot of outtakes. A whole lot of outtakes. Some random, what are those drawing things called? I never remember those things. Time-lapse art. Time-lapse yeah, art. Videos, that's the one. Yeah, videos. Yeah, and just a load of random stuff on there, and that's on Patreon. And if you if you want to have a, it's under Stories of Strangeness. Yeah. If you want to test drive Patreon and see what kind of stuff we do on there, we do have now two pieces of free Patreon content. We have the the, oh, the guy, one on Erwin. Yeah, I keep wanting to say Erwin Schrodinger, but that's definitely not that. Erwin <laughs> Saunders about his hunt for fairy folk and fey creatures around the woods. So we've got one on him that you can listen to. And we've also just done our first movie watch-along commentary on the original 1989 Pet Cemetery. So you don't need to pay to listen to either of those. You just need a Patreon account and then find us and you can listen along. We tell you when to press play on the Pet Cemetery one and then you can listen to us ruin one of your favourite movies. Yeah, like a terrible cinema experience. Exactly. Excellent. Yeah. Just imagine we're throwing popcorn at the back of your head. Oh, and also we've got a Redbubble account if you want to buy random shit with our with our logo on yep like random merch you know yep. and other illustrations that we done did oh yeah we did a few didn't we yeah yeah those ones that we did time lapse videos on generally that's it yeah. yeah yeah sadly after lockdown it became very difficult to find time to do artwork for every episode along with research <laughs> uh, yeah and sometimes it got very difficult to do the episode as well but there we go <laughs> anyway it's been lovely chatting to you. Yeah. How are you, by the way? We haven't asked. You're Sorry. Spo- you're supposed to say that at the beginning. All right. Okay. All right. You well, we say, don't want to know now. Thanks for listening. Now go away. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess at that point we shall draw this to a close. Just say goodbye, love. Okay. Goodbye, love. Love you. Love you.